Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to sell with stories. And joining me, as always, is Carl Polson. And Carl, I have a uh, unique question to ask you as we kick off our podcast. Um, a couple episodes ago, we talked about the power of a growth mindset. And so I want to hear from you, maybe what is something fun or unusual that you've learned in the last year or two, maybe outside of work that made a positive impact on, on your life? You know, I've actually picked up boxing o- over the last last couple of years. And I really started going there for a workout and I realized how quickly, how much of really a mental sport it is too. It's kind of like someone described it as almost like a real life chess match. And especially in sales, you know, I think there are a lot of actually similarities between a boxing match and, and the process of going through a sale and being able to, you know, knowing when to use your jab and your cross and your hook and when you need to use them and kind of anticipation. It's, it's really a, not only a great workout, but it's a tough sport. Um, I thought I'd be going in there and just kind of throwing punches at another person um, until one of us tires out. And that's not the case at all. It, it's much more, much, much more strategic than that. And I'm very bad at it, but it's still a great, great workout and a great way to, to really keep my mind fresh too. Oh, that's about, awesome. Yeah. You know, we didn't talk about this beforehand, what you were going to say, but that's interesting because something that I've learned, um, it was about two years ago, was doing a speed bag. I saw it on, um, I forget, it was a TV show or a movie. And I'm like, I want to learn how to do that. So I bought one. I put it in my my uh, little gym in my house. And I just taught myself how to do a speed bag. And like for about three or four months, I was addicted to just hitting this speed bag. And for our listeners, the speed bag is, if you remember Rocky, the movie, where he's hitting this little bag and it keeps bouncing back. And so I learned how to do that. And I I still love it. I find it relaxing and kind of a lot of fun too. I love boxing as well. So that's interesting. I didn't know you were going to say that, but uh, yeah, we should we'll have to talk about boxing. We will. Off, uh, after the podcast. That's great. <laughs> no, no. The, and the speed bag, that's a tough one. But once you get it down, it is kind of relaxing. And it's really, that's a great one to really show off that, that hand-eye coordination because that's hard. It's hard to keep it going too. Um, so that's impressive. Yeah, well, it was interesting because you realize, yeah, how it really works. What it looks like is it's bouncing once and you're hitting it again, but really it's bouncing three times. So it's boom, boom, but it goes so fast to your eyes. Anyway, yeah, speed bag is great. It's a fun thing to learn and it takes a little bit, but yeah, it gives you, kind of helps improve that mental focus, just being able to control your body like that. Anyway, we can talk about boxing all day long. (laughs) That's interesting. I did not, I literally did not know. That you were a boxing fan because I I have a um, a punching bag and a, anyway I have all kind of boxing stuff so I've been in that for a couple of years too so that's awesome. No, that's that's I, I'm glad and we'll probably have to spend at least a couple hours talking about it after the yeah, podcast. How about that? And, and I know I know today's topic is one of my favorite topics and it's really stories and mm. stories are so important yes. in the sales process and one of those things that seems sometimes almost elusive for salespeople because you you almost feel like you have to be a natural storyteller to ever tell a good story. And it's it's not a learnable skill, which isn't true. Um, and I wanted to start off with asking you, David, why are stories so important in the sales process? 
Yeah, it's a good question. And boy, are they ever. They're really important because of how our brains work. Uh, Walter Fisher, a behavioral scientist, he put it like this. He developed something called a narrative paradigm. And what that basically says, the idea is that we literally run our lives with stories. So anytime we're in any situation, our brains instinctively, no one taught us to do this. We just do it. We put everything in story form. And what's also really interesting is that researchers have also documented how stories kind of bypass the brain's typical resistance to a persuasive message. Normally, when you hear facts or ideas, you know, you're, you're sitting there and you're thinking it through and you're developing counter arguments. But with stories, researchers have found our brains don't do this. It reduces the inclination to build counter arguments. So stories are incredibly impactful. Let me give you a real quick example, Carl, and for our listeners of a recent study. And they kind of looked at the power of narrative. So I'm going to share with you exactly what they did in the study. They went to potential donors and they shared with them one of two descriptions. I'm going to read both to you that and see how they responded. So the first description that some of the donors heard was this. Rokia, a seven-year-old girl from Mali, Africa, is desperately poor and faces a threat of severe hunger or even starvation. So uh, a terrible thing mm-hmm. to hear. And they wanted to see how people respond. Well, they had other donors. They gave them uh, this rundown of what they were asking for a donation for. They said food shortages in Mali are affecting more than three million children. In Zambia, severe rainfall deficits have resulted in a 42% drop in Mali's production. As a result, an estimated 3 million Zambians face hunger as well. Now, both of these descriptions are heartbreaking, but what's interesting, what they found in the study was that donations rose by over 140%. When people heard about the single girl, Rokia, the seven-year-old, who's facing starvation, instead of the millions of children who are facing starvation. So, and and that's really interesting because logically that doesn't make any sense. I mean, one child facing starvation is one too many. It's tragic no matter how many there is. But logically, we should be more motivated to act when millions are facing starvation instead of just one. And so the researcher said, why is that? Why is it donations go up 140% when we share details about one child versus when we share about millions who are suffering from the same thing? And the researchers put it like this. They said that identifiable victims are more impactful to our minds than statistical victims. And I share that because in sales, we often share a lot of ideas and a lot of statistics and data, which is good, but it's rarely as impactful as when you can bring that data to light with a story, right? Three million children hearing that they're starving is heartbreaking. It's terrible. Uh, We need to do something. But hearing about one seven-year-old girl who is in that group, but just one, it compels us even more because it, it brings that statistic to life. And the same thing is true in our selling. When we bring our ideas, our statistics to life with a real story, 
It is incredibly impactful, incredibly persuasive, and it compels people to act. And what researchers have also found is that stories are sticky, meaning we remember them. I have literally done keynote speeches and for an hour long with an audience. And a year or two later, I'll meet someone who was in the keynote a year or two earlier. And they may or may not remember my name. They probably don't remember almost anything I shared, except I've had people be able to tell me a story I shared almost word for word. Stories are sticky. So this is impactful in selling. Like if I'm going to, if I'm presenting to an internal advocate, for example, and I need him or her to go and talk to others in the organization and kind of sell my ideas to them or my product or service to them internally, equipping them with some stories can be really impactful because I want them to remember what we're talking about and be able to present it well. And the stories are one of the most powerful and most underutilized tools we have as sales professionals to really impact our buyers in positive and very meaningful ways. I was going to say when I was listening to the two different stories that you shared in the research study, I was going to hope it was the the first story. And like you said, I, I, I'm not sure why, but my brain just connected more to that single individual and her story versus the statistics, which again, you know, talked about millions of children that were going through it. But for some reason, like, like you mentioned the stickiness of a story, although it's not necessarily the most logical thing, it's how the brain works. And it's extremely important to be able to tell a good story throughout the sales process. So what are the steps in order to craft a great story that you can use in your sales process. Yeah, it's important. So if we're going to tell stories, how we tell them matters quite a bit. So there's a lot of interesting data on this. I'll give a couple um, ideas. First is remove any distracting details from a story. Uh, This is something that when I teach about stories, we have a whole class on this called Selling with Stories. And when I teach on this, one of the things that oftentimes when salespeople do, they'll create these beautiful stories, but they'll put some kind of distracting detail in it that distracts away from the message. Let me give you a quick example. I was doing a training a number of years ago on stories. And at the end of the training, everyone created their own story and they shared it with the class and we would kind of critique what was good. What could you improve on? One of the uh, salespeople in the class, she told a beautiful story. I mean, it was powerful leveraging all the science, everything we had talked about throughout the whole day was just beautiful. But as she was describing one of the buyers in the story, she referred to him as tight as bark on a tree. And as we went around the room after the story was told, people kind of shared what their thoughts were. And people said, well, I I loved when you said tight as bark on a tree. I mean, and I had a sales manager in the room who actually said, you know, when you said that, I started thinking, do all trees have bark? And so when it got to my turn, I told her all the great things she did for the story. But I said, I would recommend you never, ever say Tidy's bark on the tree again. Why? It distracted everyone away from the point of the story. You told this beautiful story that really helped move the sale forward. And all everyone's thinking about is trees. We're not selling trees. <laughs> Do they have bark? We're not Do selling they not? bark. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Right? So the, the, it was such a compelling, distracting phrase that it robbed the meaning of the story and no one really got the impact of it. So stop talking about trees, stop talking about bark. So she was like, oh, okay. So just a different way to think about it. 
remove any distracting detail, even if you like it, if it doesn't serve the point of the story, then take it away. And that second thing I'll share, your story needs to have a singular point. Why are you telling this story? What message do you want to convey? Make sure that is crystal, crystal clear. Um, third, I would say you want to have a compelling introduction, right? You want to draw people in. So you never want to say things like, you know, Carl, let me share with you a story. Now, story, no, I want you to, I want you to, I want to bring you in. I want to say, Carl, uh, you remind me of a client I had about a year ago because Carl, he said the exact same thing you did. If I introduce it like that, you're like, well, tell me more about this person like me, right? So you want to lever, bring people in on your story. Or another example would be, you know, that's a really good point, Carl. We had a client who was going through a very similar issue. And then I could go right into that story, but it draws you in. So it's a tip, make the intro about them, connect them with the person in the story, because that brings up something else. Similarity matters. The way you can amplify the impact of a story is making it similar to the buyers you're talking to. So someone that's going through a similar situation or has a similar size company or a similar role as me, I am much more engaged than someone that's much different. So you want to have a bunch of stories at your disposal to be able to kind of craft which one should I tell to really resonate with that person that I'm talking to. And the final thing I'll share is use stories strategically. We don't just tell stories to entertain, right? That's part of it, but more so, I want to convey a point in the sale. So how do you do that real simply? We've talked about in previous episodes on this podcast, the power of the six whys. These mental steps our buyers have to go through, science says, for them to form a buying decision. So align your uh, story to answer one of the six whys. So real quickly, they are why change, why now, why your industry solution, why you and your company, why your product or service, and why spend the money. So if my story can address one of those, then I know it's moving the sale forward and it's allowing me to convey my ideas and statistics and data in the form of a story that I know is going to be so much more persuasive than if I just share the data or statistics. So using the six lies. <laughs> What are some steps on how you would do that with the six whys and crafting a story? Yeah, well, let's go through a little exercise. Um, so as we think about which of the six whys you may want to use mm-hmm. for our listeners, so think about questions like, um, do you have a past client who struggled with answering one of the whys and what was the result? Or is there a past client whose situation clearly answers one of the whys? Or uh, what impressive results have you achieved for past clients that answered one of the whys? Right. So think about, okay, where do I have a client situation that matches with one of those whys? And then when you've done that, first identify which of the whys I want to focus on answering in my story. So what's the point of my story? Right. How do I want buyers to respond? Thinking through that as you craft your story, right? Because you can tell the same client situation in a dozen different ways. So thinking through that question can help. How do you introduce the story? What will you say to draw them in? So they're listening, they're attentive. They're like, yeah, tell me more about that, right? So at the end of my introduction, I want you to be, if I stop talking, you go, well, no, keep going. I want to hear about this. So I want to draw you in. And then what's the key point in the story? What am I trying to convey? And how do I conclude the narrative, 
right now as I tell my story, how am I going to end this? I want to end this so it's clear, concise, and I might even want to tell them, you know, the reason I share that with you, Carl, is this. Oftentimes when companies try to develop their own sales training, it often doesn't produce the results they, they desire. So, I mean, that's the point of the story. So I tell the story, conclude it, and then I summarize in one sentence, what is the idea I want you to get across from that story? So thinking through that and crafting stories, and I usually recommend a story should be at most one to two minutes. If you're going more than two minutes, it better be phenomenal, right? Because that's hard to do to keep someone's attention for one to two minutes. So keep them lean. 30 seconds to a minute is ideal. One to two minutes is on the high end. More than two minutes, I have rarely ever seen a good story told by a salesperson in the sales call that's more than two minutes long. Oftentimes, trim it down, right? Keep it lean. So you're conveying this story in a way that's clear, concise, and really impactful. And I think that's two of the things you just said. I remember when I was going through your Selling with Stories course, part of the reason I love that course so much was really that that using that sentence at the end to wrap everything together um, instead of just leaving it open-ended because a, a lot of times people may leave it open-ended and then the rest of the time the listener is kind of thinking back to that story or kind of wonders, why exactly did they tell me that? Um, so being able to wrap it up with that concise sentence at the end is really important. And, and I think you're absolutely right. How many stories ha have we heard, whether in sales or, or outside of sales, where it goes over two minutes and then all of a sudden you kind of just start to drift off as a listener. Mm -hmm. However great the story was, it can be a great story, but it's like our brains really like that two minutes or less and use a timer. I, I think that could be a great way because you'd be surprised how what you may think is is a minute or a minute and a half may actually be about four or five. Yep. Um, and and as David, as always, it is such a pleasure chatting with you. I think these are some great steps for our listeners to be able to craft stories really at any point in the sales process and start implementing them and utilizing them right away. And listeners out there, please make sure to visit us at www.hoffeldgroup.com. Feel free to drop us a note, check out our resources page. And while you're there, make sure to you know check out some articles that we've recently written, because I think it's another great way to deliver um, some of our latest, most cutting edge science science-backed sales strategies. So David, until next time. <laughs>